When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the In the Mood for Fantasy Football podcast, a pro football network show that keeps you up to date on the current NFL news and how to adjust your lineups on a weekly basis with start set, waiver wire, and draft advice. I'm Eric Moody. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric N. Moody. And my co-host is Tommy Garrett, who you can follow at Tommy Garrett PFN. We've got a great show planned for you as we all anxiously await the start of the NFL season. Week one starts on Thursday. I'm excited. Tommy, how are you feeling, sir? Dude, if it wasn't like early in the morning, I'd be popping champagne. It's like it's fun. NFL is finally here. It seems like it's been a decade since we've had football back on the field. It was kind of nice getting that little primer of, of college football over the weekend. And now we get the... The professionals out here. We got Thursday night coming up really soon, and you know, fantasy football is finally back in our lives, which means a little bit extra stress for all of us on those weekends as we're grinding out those matches. But I think we're all pretty excited to finally be uh, to have this back in our lives. Yeah, likewise, likewise. It's like, hey, any day now, we'll get things started. Yeah. But you know, as I mentioned, hey, we've got a great show planned for you. Want to talk about a couple of things? I know a lot of listeners out there are concerned about start and set decisions. So what we want to do is we want to break down, you know, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. You know, we'll highlight briefly on players that are must-starts, but also identify players that have very favorable matchups, but also some players that you may want to sit or possibly even avoid depending on who you have on your roster. And so I guess what we can do is uh, let's start uh, start off with quarterbacks and dive into that position, and then we'll transition to running backs, wide receivers, and tight end. But before we do, I know we've got a lot of great content over at Pro Football Network. You know, waiver wire advice, you know, start set, you know, streamers, whether it's quarterbacks, you know, defenses, or even kickers, anything that you need, you know, we've got that there. And also, you know, hit Tommy and I up on Twitter. You know, we're always happy to answer any questions that you have specifically about your league. And I think Tommy would be okay with this too. Feel free to even send us a direct message too. You know, if you don't want your league mates to know kind of the discussion that's taking place, right? <laughs> yeah, I like that. You got you to think ahead on these ones. You can't be putting all that information out there, especially if they're reading their DMs, because trust me, league managers get pretty tricky around this time of year. Exactly, exactly. And I totally agree with you there. So let's start off with quarterbacks. So, Tommy, I'm going to run down some players that are obviously must starts uh, at the yeah. quarterback position. If you disagree for some reason, feel free to chime in. But I think most people out there are going to start Patrick Mahomes, you know, against the Browns, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, the Cardinals are going up against the Titans, Lamar Jackson, you know, against the Raiders, you know, Tom Brady. You know, going up against the Dallas Cowboys to kick off the 2021 NFL season. We've got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's technically at home against New Orleans, but the game will take place in Jacksonville. You got Josh Allen going up against the Steelers. You've got Dak Prescott again, uh, again against the Buccaneers, and you also have Russell Wilson uh, going against the Indianapolis Colts. So again, mm-hmm. I don't think that you would disagree with any of these names. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with any of them. Uh, all those teams are – I mean, even with the with the Dallas Cowboys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be a very good defense this year, but the firepower of the Dallas Cowboys, you're never going to sit them. Like, this this is their worst matchup of the year. 
you're still you're still starting Dak Prescott. Like, don't get too cute in Week One is my biggest thing I can say for anyone out there. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, don't don't get don't get too cute or overanalyze things because yeah. it's hey, it's the beginning of the season. There's still a lot of uh, information that we're trying to gather, and we're really going off a of kind of last year data but also just off-season changes you know coaching changes and that sort of things but let's dive into uh and i'll kick us off here about some players that are stronger starts that you may be hesitant on whether you want to insert this player into your lineup the first player i'll mention is uh jalen hurts you know so the eagles you know they're going against the the falcons now hurts you know steps into a phenomenal opening matchup he has an offensive-minded coach and nick serrani and he's a dual threat I'm like, he can threaten defenses as a runner, threaten defenses, you know, as a passer. And so he's someone that I'm very comfortable starting in this matchup. So I'll kind of pass it to you to comment on Hurts or even add another player that's a strong start, you know, for those that are listening. Here's what I love. When we went into this, we had the idea, like, hey, you know what? Let's just give out our own opinions. Let's not so much, like, bounce these ideas off each other. Let's see who we kind of organically come up with. My start for the week was Jalen Hurts. Um... The Falcons were 31st in fantasy points given up to opposing quarterbacks uh, per week. It actually gets even better because they were dead last in total yards allowed at 307.4. And they were 28th in the NFL in fantasy points allowed on the ground to quarterbacks uh, via the rush. And we know Jalen Hurts is as prolific as any rushing quarterback there is out there. I know we're both very bullish on him this year that we expect Mm -hmm. to see him as a a better passer. I agree with what you mean with Nick Serrani and that team. Between him and his offensive coordinator, both were top 10 last year with their respective teams with the Colts um, with uh, in uh, pace per game. So we expect this to be a very high-tempo offense for the Eagles this year. So, yeah, I am absolutely all in on Hurts this week. He's my – and when I did the uh, start article, he was my star quarterback of the week, which – I think it's a. I think I feel really good about that, knowing that we're both picking him to go off this week. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Hurts. You know, from last year, and, and plus with the uh, changes that uh, the Eagles yeah. have made this offseason from a coaching lens and also a personnel lens. So I'll say another player that uh, you shouldn't hesitate to start. You know, is Ryan Tannehill. I know the Titans are going up against the Cardinals. Uh, you know, that's a defense that can be exploited, and it feels like a. You know, based on what you know, Vegas is saying that this is going to be a, a high scoring game. And really, yeah. he's going to be in a in a duel going against Kyler Murray, and that bodes well for his fantasy value. So I love Tannehill this week as well. Yeah, um, one more I'll throw out there is, I know we all want to see Trey Lance playing football, but don't forget about Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, mm-hmm. the guy's going to be pretty solid. They're going up to the Detroit Lions, who, quite frankly, anytime you go into a week, look for who's playing the Lions and look for who's playing the Houston Texans. Start who's ever playing mm-hmm. against them. Like Trey Lance will yes. take this offense to a more dynamic level, but Jimmy Garoppolo is perfectly solid in this offense. You also have you still have Debo Samuel, you have Brandon Ayuk, you have uh, George Kittle, and right now they are going to be at their healthiest. I know Ayuk is kind of dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue, but he's going to be perfectly fine. He's had plenty of time to work off of that. You have Moser back there as well, Trey Sermon. Like this is an offense that is absolutely loaded with talent going up against pretty awful team this year i think it's pretty easy to say they're gonna be competing for the number one pick in the nfl draft so any 49ers player including jimmy garoppolo they are a must start this week yeah no i agree with that i know i mentioned uh you know jimmy g is uh, one of the quarterback streamers uh in that column over at uh, pro yep. football network so uh, we are definitely aligned there i'd say someone else that's another viable streamer you know for those that are looking looking into streaming options would be a uh, baker mayfield uh, the Browns are going uh, going up against the Chiefs, and you know Mayfield is, is very underrated. Now I know the Browns are very you know run heavy, 
and they're going to have a run-heavy game script. I think he can he can really prosper, you know, off of play-action passing. And this is a game for where you look at the Chiefs and Mahomes, and they always have the pedal to the metal, uh, mm. so to speak. And this is a game for where Mayfield in the passing game may be leaned on a lot more uh, than other games that they have this season. So I really like Mayfield as a streamer as well. Yeah, especially when you're getting uh, projected to get Odell Beckham Jr. back this week. Yes, absolutely. OBJ is back, and again, another uh, underrated uh, you know fantasy asset uh, as well. So I would say um, another strong start. You know, since we're talking about quarterbacks, um, and this is someone that can be readily available, like in most leagues, depending on on the depth of the league, is uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, mm-hmm. The Vikings are going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, and Cousins is in a scenario for where. You know, he can easily exceed, you know, 275 or more passing yards, throw for two or three touchdowns, uh, kind of playing off uh, the running game with Dalvin Cook. And that and that Bengals defense, it, it, it has improved this offseason, but it's still weak, particularly yep. in the secondary. And so I think that's something that Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen can exploit. What say you, yeah. Tommy? No, I agree with that. I do kind of like that matchup. It's, the Bengals, like I said, they did they did improve. I know they picked up like Mike Hilton uh, from the Steelers playing that nickel cornerback role. I think they'll be, they will be more improved, but the firepower of the of the Minnesota Vikings, I think it's going to be too much. And I think Kirk Cousins should have a good day in Week One. Yeah, absolutely. So before we transition over to other uh, running backs, I, I want to touch on one player that. I guess the best way to put it, I feel like this individual is fool's goal for where on the surface, everyone's like, hey, this is a great matchup. I like this quarterback. I may deploy this quarterback in my lineup. But that that individual is Carson Wentz. Uh, We know about his injury history. You know, it's very robust. He keeps getting injured again, again and again. You know, he's been on the COVID-19 list, obviously heading into this season. I just think it's a scenario for where he could be a little bit rusty kind of going into week one you know he's absorbing like a new offense I know he's got continuity with you know many coaches on the staff but still you know it's a new offense could be a little bit rusty they do have limited weapons you know with T.Y. Hilton uh, being sidelined and so it's kind of one of those scenarios where I don't know if I necessarily want to have success or failure of week one for my team in Carson Wentz's hands what do you think about that I think in a one QB that makes a lot of sense I wouldn't mind starting him still in Superflex uh Although we do expect the Seattle Seahawks to, I think, be a little bit better uh, in their past defense. We see, we did see this improve towards the end of the 2020 season. Um, we'll have to see how they kind of come out and start the season uh, this year, whether that kind of that trend kind of carries over. I know they did lose. Um, well, they traded away Akil Witherspoon to the Steelers. So we'll kind of see how that uh, dynamic works out. But I, I'm not necessarily going to fade him in, like I said, in the Superflex League. But in, in a 1QB league, there's just too much talent that I think is going to have a better chance than him this week, I guess I should say. Um, one I'll throw out for me, it's going to be Joe Burrow. Um, I know we're all very excited for what Joe Burrow can do with Jamar Chase and uh, yeah. and uh, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and what we expect to see him kind of go back towards what we saw pre-injury when he was on target when he was on pace for over 700 passing attempts last year. But he's still working back from his that devastating knee injury, and he's going up against a Vikings defense that was kind of it was very injury prone last year and they really made a lot of additions not only do they have anthony barback and daniel hunter back and healthy but they also bring in dalvin tomlinson sheldon richardson patrick peterson and brashad breeland all to kind of revamp that secondary which i think is going to be a very big player for them not just that but they have one of the better front sevens in the nfl we know that the questions that we have with the offensive line for the cincinnati Bengals, and when you have joe burrow already with concerns how that offensive line is going to handle when you're going against one of the better defensive lines. I'm worried about the pressure getting to Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. 
and the Bengals potentially, hey, look, we're going to monitor how he's going to do. If we see Joe Burrow take a couple big hits in that game, I wouldn't be surprised if they play the long game and end up saying, hey, look, we're just going to run with Joe Mixon for the rest of this game if we get behind really early, since we are thinking that the Vikings will have a solid game with uh, Kirk Cousins. So I would be I would be sitting personally Joe Burrow this week. Yeah, no, I agree with that. You know, there there are some risks, and I know you and I are very high on Burrow, you know, looking at yeah. the entire season. But in this matchup coming back, no, I totally agree with you. And that's really a good segue where you mentioned Joe Mixon, you know, to go into running backs, you know, that are must-starts, uh, at least in my opinion. And again, let me know if you disagree. Uh, but Joe, uh, Joe Mixon, you know, is obviously one of those running backs. You know, Christian McCaffrey, yes. you're going to start him against the Jets. Dalvin Cook against the Bengals, absolutely. Alvin Kamara. Absolutely. Derrick Henry, Antonio Gibson, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott, yeah. even Saquon Barkley. I would consider him a must start. You know, if active, we're trending that way, of course. Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, James Robinson. I know you're very high on him after reading your start sit column, you know, for week one. Um, Jonathan Taylor, of course, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, David Montgomery, Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, Mike Davis, and Kareem Hunt. Those are players that I'm very comfortable deploying in my lineup for week one. Uh, do you disagree with any of those names, Tommy? Uh, I would actually disagree with Saquon Barkley. Okay. Um, for me, I have no question to his talent. I don't think any of us do. Um, my question is how he's going to be used this week. Um, he is only taking contact in practice. He's never taking you know, a live fire in a game. Mm-hmm. So we're still concerned about his knee. We also have the talk coming out of the camp that, and from the beat reporters that the Giants are going to limit his touches and kind of watch his snap count this week. Mm-hmm. So if I'm already assuming that he, a guy is going to be kind of on a snap count watch, I'm already mm-hmm. questioning what his his floor is. Like, the ceiling is there for Saquon Park. We know that. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about the floor. And then you had the Denver Broncos, who were very injury-stricken last year, who did a lot of work to kind of boost that back. We do expect mm-hmm. that to be better. We have the offensive line concerns also with the New York Giants. And then the Giants have to look at the fact that they're playing three games in 14 days to open up the season. Yes. If you have a 17-game schedule and you have the former number two pick who you have invested all this time in draft capital and you are hoping is going to lead your team and hopefully bring Daniel Jones along with him, I think they're going to have to be very careful and cognizant of how they use Saquon Barkley. So for me, I have Saquon Barkley more as like that mid-second tier um, sorry, a mid RB two kind of play for me this week. I would still play yeah. him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say ever sit Saquon Barkley, but I would temper expectations because I do think that we could see the Giants limit his snap count this week, and we see more of a uh, of a Devonte Booker kind of backfield. Yeah, well said, Tommy. And you brought up a number of really good points, you know, for our listeners to consider. You know, when taking into account, hey. Having the proper expectations is really important. Just considering the draft capital that uh, you know you use to acquire Barkley, you know whether it's yeah, a I mean he was a late second, early second he was a late pick. first, early second round pick. Exactly. exactly, you're not going to sit someone you've put that much into. Just mm-hmm. be aware that he might have a slow week to come out the gates. Exactly. So, I would say as far as uh, some other uh, running backs that are solid starts for this week, uh, I must admit I, I am kind of enamored with Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon. Yeah. You know, with that that dynamic. Kyle Shanahan, he is very tight-lipped on everything, whether it's Trey Lance's health, Jimmy Garoppolo, is he going to be the starter? Same thing applies to the running backs here. But when you look at the Lions' run defense, it's still awful. And I think game script – well, yeah, that, that's another good point. I'm, I'm trying to be nice here, I guess. I'm trying to be like Dalton. You know, I'm trying to be nice from uh, you know Roadhouse here. But um, I think it's a scenario where like game script – can really benefit Mostert or Sermon. So I am intrigued. So I would even consider Mostert to be, 
you know, kind of like a mid to low end uh, RB2. It, and I'm very comfortable using uh, Sermon, you know, as a flex yeah. option. So what, what do you think about this recommendation? I absolutely love Sermon this week. Um, yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. I think he's, for me, he's, like I said, he's that RB2 kind of range. Um, yeah. Like I said, the Lions, like I understand what you're saying. You know, it's time to be nice until mm-hmm. it's time to not be nice. Exactly. Um, I think week one is a time where they're not going to be nice. And uh, the double deuce is going to see a little bit of action this week uh, with uh, with Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon uh, against the uh, Detroit Lions. Yeah. Now, I want to throw out one more name. I, I know you and I have spoken about this individual quite a bit. So I'm going I'm I'm to make an assumption that we're aligned. And then I'll pass the baton to you to throw out another name. But but Gus Edwards yeah. <laughs> going up against the Raiders. It's like you got to get this guy uh, like in, in your lineup. I'm like – you know, he, he, he is going to propel this offense, you know, with the, with the running game. And uh, I, I think he's going to accumulate some big numbers in this game. So it I, wouldn't I'm just be a high podcast between me and you if we didn't talk about Gus Edwards. Exactly. So might as well just get exactly. it over with now. Exactly. So we're, we're obviously aligned there. But again, I want to pass the baton to you. What, what, who's another name that you're very high on this week at the running back position? Yeah, you kind of touched on it was one for me. It's James Robinson going up mm-hmm. against the Houston Texans. It's one of those same things, like we said. If if you have the chance to start someone against them, you probably are better off doing it. RB7 last year, one of only seven players averaged over 100 yards per game. Mm-hmm. The Texans were 31st in points allowed to running backs, but they were dead last in rushing yards and yards per attempt and allowed over 190 yards on the ground to mm-hmm. running backs last year as a team. It sucks that we lost um, – Travis Etienne, and he is yeah. now in this situation. Mm-hmm. But you have to adapt to it in this way. And James Robinson, he becomes one of the best values that came out of the draft if you were an early drafter to the pre-Etienne injury. Yeah, James Robinson, for me, he's a top-five play this week in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, a very good recommendation. So we'll hit on a, a couple of other names and then uh, kind of dive into you know, players that, again, carry more risk than what many may expect. But uh, yep. I'm, I'm really high on a, on, on a Sony Michelle this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just given, I guess, the compensation draft picks that the Rams use to acquire him. And I think he's going to be the guy that Sean McVay actually trusts more in this backfield in week one. And so I think it's a scenario for where Michelle's going to accumulate a you know high number of rushing attempts, uh, a lot of yards, and I think he has a really good shot at scoring a touchdown this week, you know, against the Bears. So, what do you think about Michelle this week? I like it because honestly, it's a really good segue into one of my mm-hmm. sits for the week, and that was Darrell Henderson. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of like I think with you, it's, we're interested to see what this the role is going to be for both of these teams. We're kind of see how how these kind of running backs are going to be deployed this week, and I think the Bears yeah. they're going to have a a much better run defense this year. Um, I think we all expect to be a very solid mm-hmm. um, defense in general. Um, the Rams, I think they're going to have a very good day against the Bears overall. Oh, yeah. But I think all that's going to come through Matthew Stafford and with uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Higby, and those kind of guys where the rushing game might take a little bit of a backseat until, like, hey, look, we've already got the lead. Let's just run this ball out. Which and Sony Michelle makes a lot of sense. Like you said, the draft, the the capital they invested in the trade to acquire him, I think that speaks a lot. Like we'll see how this dynamic plays out. But for me in week one, I'd kind of like I would want to see how this is going to go before mm-hmm. I'm trusting that in my lineup. And so for me, I'm for me, I'm sitting um, Darrell Henderson this week. Like I said, if you want to get the shot a little bit later on on uh, on mm-hmm. Sony Michelle, yeah, go for it. Especially in that that third down red zone kind of area. No, very well said. And so I, I know another name that kind of. Sh- kind of struck out to me and I know it was some news on uh, DeAndre Swift this morning that mm-hmm. you know hey he, he's going to be active but I, I just think about someone that that went through like a preseason groin injury and you've got Jamal Williams that's there uh I just don't know what kind of workload you know that he's going to get 
you know, against uh, against San Francisco this week. And, you know, I am very concerned. So he's someone for where if I can put together a solid lineup without using Swift, I'd be okay with that. He just carries on a lot of risks that listeners need to be aware of. Yeah, as a flex play, I'm okay with him. But it's not as yeah. like I said, someone you're really banking on for this week, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just kind of have some concerns uh, concerns there. I know we'll kind of bounce back. I would say one kind of under-the-radar uh, option that I think that could be more productive than people think uh, would actually end up being uh, David Johnson uh, with the Texans. So uh, I know his long-term value is, um, we'll say, shaky at best, just considering you got Philip Lindsay there, you got Mark Ingram, you got Rex Burkhead. Yeah. Uh, you know, given his limited athleticism at this point of his career, you know, he does have a very low ceiling, but I do believe that the volume uh, will end up being there. And I, I could see Tyrod Taylor really using him quite a bit as a receiver out of the backfield, you know, just considering, you know, his only other viable receiver is Brandon Cook. So, again, someone that I'm very comfortable using is like a like an RB3 or flex. For me, it's I'm staying away from the Houston backfield personally. I'm not even entirely sure if David Johnson's even the starting running back for this team. Especially if we kind of look at what yeah. they did during the offseason, I mean, during the preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Philip Lindsay was getting the majority of the first down looks on this team with David Johnson coming kind of on third down. Like, granted, they might have been just trying to limit his workload. We'll kind of see what happens. Uh, but I'm going to kind of take a little bit of a wait and see approach on this one. I'm just, mm-hmm. it's just not someone I want to risk my week one on. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I would pass on that one personally. But yeah, if you're going to take the upside play, I think the upside play is probably going to be David Johnson because he looked a lot better last year. Uh, yeah. than he did like in the 2019 season. So I have no issue with him on that one. Uh, one more I would throw out there. We already talked about Gus Edwards, but look mm-hmm. at Tyson Williams. Uh, you have the injury report that came out on Justice Hill uh, where he tore his Achilles. They brought in some other running backs, including you know um, Le'Veon Bell in a workout on Monday. So we'll have to see what happens. But for right now, the only running backs on this roster for the Baltimore Ravens that ran the ball over 535 attempts over the past four years combined, most of the NFL, um, going up against mm-hmm. a very weak run defense this year. It's only Tyson Williams and Gus Edwards are the only running backs that are left on this roster. We expect Lamar Jackson to get a lot, a good portion of those carries of running back. It's what he does as a running back role, using air quotes, on this team. But I would absolutely take a hard look at Tyson Williams as a low-end RB3 play, which I think is kind of surprising uh, given his roster ship percentage. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm high on, uh, high on, I'm high on him as well. I would say. Yep. So no, that's not I totally agree with that take. So. I guess let's move on to uh, move on to wide receiver. And uh, before we do that, you know, just as a reminder, you know, check out, you know, all the great content, you know, over at uh, Pro Football Network. And I think between Tommy and myself and, and the rest of the fantasy staff, I'm like, we've got numerous articles that are being published like every day. You know, so check early, yep. check often. You know, we're here to support you. So looking at wide receiver, um, you know, your must starts, you know, I'll hit on some of these names. We won't go through all of them. I, I think our listeners wide receiver is so deep. I know we said yeah. you can play. A, mm-hmm. If you played a drinking game mm-hmm. on every time you heard in a podcast, <laughs> someone saying wide receiver is so deep. I'm sorry for your liver. It's get used to it, though. You're going to hear it every single week. I'm like, you know, it's not like anyone is not going to start like Devontae Adams, you know, Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley, Stefan Diggs. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Justin Jefferson, you know, all, all those different names, you know, C.D. Lamb. The guys you know, expect. Just start yeah, on. I'm like, they're going to be in your lineup. But it may be some other players for where you're a little bit hesitant on. And, and one for me that I'm very comfortable starting is uh, is Robbie Anderson. You know, he yeah. gets uh, the quote-unquote revenge game with his buddy, Sam Darnold, against the Jets. Is. The Jets' secondary is atrocious. 
you know, it's an abomination. I know everyone's thinking, okay, they've got a very, you know, defensive-minded head coach, but still it's going to take some time for everything to gel. And so I think Darnold's going to be motivated uh, as well as Anderson. And I think Anderson can go boom this week. So he's he's one of my uh, players I'm very comfortable starting at wide receiver. What say you, Tom? Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly all three of the Carolina Panthers receivers. Mm-hmm. Like a sleeper play would be Terrence Marshall. I love DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Like I think all of them find success in this game. Mm-hmm. I do agree this is not the Adam Gase Jets anymore, <laughs> but it's still the Jets. Like I'm trying to say this politely. Uh, so we'll have to see what they when they end up doing this year. I do expect them to be a little bit better. Um, but I, there's a reason Joe Brady is so highly coveted as one of the next head coaches in the NFL. I've kind of already put it into the atmosphere that I can't wait to see him and uh, Justin Fields together in Chicago. So I'm, I'm expecting that one to see at some point. So we'll see what happens. But for the rest of this year, he's going to absolutely make some some beautiful magic happen with Carolina Panthers and this, uh, this attack. As long as Sam Darnold is, we see him kind of take that same step that other players had when they got away from Adam Gase and kind of revitalize <laughs> their careers, kind of take that Ryan Tannehill approach. Exactly. Um, one for me we kind of touched on is all the 49ers receivers start everyone against the Detroit Lions. Um, sorry to Ian Cummings. I know he's a Detroit Lions fan that we have with us, but look, dude, <laughs> it's not going to be looking good this year. And I think it's going to start week one it's with the not. 49ers. We talk about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And then obviously that in turn goes to the success I'm expecting with the receivers. Um, one player for me, I know you kind of touched on your fading Carson Wentz. For me personally, Michael Pittman. I like him this week. Uh, you do have T.Y. Hilton that is out this week, mm-hmm. um, or at least he's put on IR, so he's out for an extended period of time and going undergoing neck surgery. Uh, Pittman is going to play as the X on this team. If you look at the cornerbacks for the Seahawks, it's not great. Trey Flowers kind of surprisingly won one of the starting quarterback jobs, cornerback jobs, which is weird because he lost that job twice last year. Um, you trade away Keel Witherspoon, and Pittman actually ends up having a size advantage over every cornerback that the Seattle Seahawks mm-hmm. have on their starting uh, their starting roster. Um, so I kind of like him this week, especially if he finds that end zone working as that X for Carson Wentz, because mm-hmm. Wentz does have something to prove. Um, I think we all kind of agree with that one. Um, so I do like Wentz, and I think it also kind of goes. So I'm, I actually also like uh, Paris Campbell too. If you look at his time with Frank Wright, Carson mm-hmm. Wentz had his best uh, success targeting slot receivers. Uh, Paris Campbell, the talent's yeah, never been the question. Point. It's just been staying on the field. Um, look, you're never healthier than you are in week one. So if you're going to take a shot on someone, especially later on, take a flex uh, a flex shot on uh, Paris Campbell this week as well against Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, well said, Tommy. Well said. Very good info. Uh, I would say just uh, the last one I'll hit on as far as like what players that you should be comfortable starting. Uh, I-, I would say all the Jacksonville Jaguars receivers. You know, so yep. DJ Shark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones Jr. Very comfortable starting uh, all of them, you know, with Trevor Lawrence uh, at the hem. You know, the matchup is just is very, very favorable, you know, with Houston. And so uh, I think all of them can go boom. They're all really good values. And then even if you wanted to to stack, you know, Lawrence and say Chenault or Lawrence and, uh, you know, Shark, Marvin Jones, like in DFS, you know, they're all really good options. So Yep, I like that one. I think it's going to be curious to see how the, that, that roster with wide receiver room kind of plays out. Let's see who's going to get the most of the volume because on the way it looks and right now it's like almost like DJ Chark's getting relegated to like the wide receiver three of this all of them, which is kind of surprising after his breakout that he had. I think Chenault kind of seems like the the high upside play on this one given the volume we think he's going to see. Mm-hmm. Might even see some rushing attempts on yeah. in this offense. I think they're going to try to force feed him the ball mm-hmm. if the preseason's anything kind of play into. Um, I know we've touched on the guys we're starting. Um, mm-hmm. One guy I know he kind of touched on the. You know, your your must starts, the guys that are, you know, you're always going to start them in week to week. One, I think might surprise some people that I'm kind of fading this week. 
I'm not going to say don't start him, but he's going to be a flex play for me when normally he's going to be a locked-in wide receiver one. Allen Robinson. I am worried about Allen Robinson this week. Um, it's a matchup issue. We have to go from a season-long mindset and start diving into individual weeks. There's no harder matchup than going up against Jalen Ramsey and the, and the uh, Los Angeles Rams. They were number one in the defense last year. They were number one against the quarterbacks, and they're number one in, wide, in points given up to wide receivers. We know how good Jalen Ramsey is. They also have Andy Dalton still at helm. I know we want to see Justin Fields, but for right now, we have to deal with what they have. And we also have uh, Matt Nagy going back to resuming play-calling duties. If we're assuming that the Rams are going to win this game, and I think they're also going to easily control the time of possession this one if we assume that Andy Dalton might be a little turnover-prone, I am worried personally about Allen Robinson. Like I said, normally he would be a locked-in wide receiver one. You know I'm bullish on him. You know I'm also very bullish on someone like Darnell Mooney yes. as my breakout wide receiver. I just don't think that starts this week. Robinson, for me, is closer to a lower-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three. Uh, for week one. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, again, that's really good insight. And, and I'll, I'll go ahead and take a, take a similar stance and kind of close the loop on a on wide receiver. Then we'll close out the, uh, the episode on tight ends. But for me, it's, it's, it really comes down to the Steelers wide receivers. I would say all of yeah. them. I just want to make sure you temper your expectations, you know, with Buffalo's uh, pass defense, um, you know, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, you know, Juju Smith Schuster, uh, I would just have the right expectations, you know, with all three of those receivers. I just see this as a scenario for where you've got Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers going really run heavy with Najee Harris and uh, kind of work in the offense that way. That's just my my assessment when looking at the matchup. So see, I don't I know can what see you think about that one. Track meet. Just because if yeah. I look at the Steelers' defense, like mm-hmm. the only thing that I still have any faith in is going to be their run defense because, I mean, you lost Bud Dupree, you lost Steven yeah. Nelson, you lost Mike Hilton. Devin Bush is still coming back from a torn ACL, but like you still have TJ Watt. You have some decent uh, guys mm-hmm. up front, so I'm not necessarily worried about Zach Moss and Devin Singletary, but mm-hmm. I'm very worried about guys like uh, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, and the Steelers' mm-hmm. secondary. I yeah. can see Josh Allen absolutely tearing apart the Steelers' defense this week. Like For me, I'm mm-hmm. the Steelers' defense is like one of my lowest-ranked defenses Ooh. this week just yeah. because I'm very worried about this one, and if I'm going to think that they're going to be blowing out the Steelers potentially, mm-hmm. I'm going to think it's going to be a track meet. Um, I like Najee Harris to get a lot of touches, but at a certain mm-hmm. point, if you go down three scores, yeah, it's going to be on Ben's right arm to hold up, and that's going to come down to the, the uh, Steelers receivers to try to yeah. carry that workload. Whoever's going, whoever yeah. Tre'Davious White's going to have is going to have a struggle. So you might look towards like you know your Deontay Johnson maybe in the slot. Um, I do agree tempering the expectations a little bit, but I think mm-hmm. the yardage and volume is going to be there. That if they break one loose, you might end up getting lucky with one of them. Although I don't necessarily know you're necessarily going to know who to start this week. Yeah, it's a challenging scenario. Yeah. So we'll cl- close out the show on on tight ends. So obviously your your must starts. You, you know the names: Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller, and there's others. It's it's a position where there's a uh, very few viable options. But if you're looking at some under the radar starts for this week, uh, for me at tight end, I know one that really, I would say that really kind of you know is like a beacon for me is um, I would say like Tyler Higby. I just can't, you know, I'm looking at the matchup. I'm like, Tyler Higby can go boom. You know, he's going to have the... It's, it's who I have written down for mine is Tyler Higby. So, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm like, he's going to have, you know, the all the tight end targets to himself. And <laughs> I just think it bodes well for uh, with the matchup, you know, for Stafford to really leverage like the tight end position. I, I think that's really the gist of it. But I'll let you kind of uh, close the loop on that since you're high on him as well. So 
Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. As much as we think the Bears are going to be better, like their one play that they're susceptible is against tight ends. They were 31st in points allowed last year at 15.7 per game, and they were Mm -hmm. 27th in points per target at Mm 1.99. We're getting a bump with Matthew Stafford over Jared Goff. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we're expecting the Tyler Higbee that averaged 94.4 yards and Mm 23.2 points per game and the games without uh, Gerald Everett. Like, let's not go that far with it, but he does have that potential because of how athletic he is. I think he's going to be a, wide, a tight end one this week. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I do really much like uh, Tyler Higby for not just for this week, but just a season-long aspect. Yeah, I'll throw another name out there briefly that, that may surprise a lot of people, but it's actually uh, Austin Hooper uh, with mm-hmm. the Browns. Uh, I think he'll be a lot more involved this season, you know, in the Browns passing game. And... Yeah. I think this is a matchup where you've got Hooper going against the Chiefs defense that that they can exploit. And so it's a scenario where I can easily see him, you know, having, you know, five or six catches for like 60 or 70 yards and, and a touchdown uh, against yeah. the Chiefs, considering that they're going to have to keep pace with Patrick Mahomes in this explosive offense. So, again, as a streamer, I like Austin Hooper this week. If a tight end scores a touchdown, they're going to be with inside the top eight in week yeah. rankings and that's it, it doesn't take much production to get yourself a tight end one mm-hmm. in fantasy like there's such a clear drop off from like the top six to everyone else like it's if you can find someone who's going to get a touchdown or can get you know like i said like a five to fifty five or sixty in a ppr format you're going yeah. to get as good of a matchup as you could have hoped for in production mm-hmm. that week yeah I did have a one name I'll throw out there here in a moment that uh, you know I, w- I would fade for this week that some people may be more optimistic on than others. But did you have another uh, player that's kind of an under-the-radar start that you want to throw out there, Tommy, before I do that? Yeah, one for me I think I would look at is Zach Ertz. Kind of don't forget about him. They're going to be against the Atlanta Falcons this week. I know, like I said, we've t- we talked about how we're big on Jalen Hurts. Um, I, when I were both big on Dallas Goddard, but Zach Ertz is still on this team and he still has something to try to play for. He t- kind of did that farewell speech at the end of last season. Uh, but yeah, I would take a look at Zach Ertz. He's very low in his rogership percentage. A lot of people are kind of ranking him in like the mm-hmm. 20s for the week. He's going to be that mid, mid-tier wide receiver too, which is a, it's a wide grouping. There's a lot of tight ends that can kind of run into that same range. Um, but I, yeah, I would kind of keep an eye on him for this week. You're kind of looking at that, that low roster ship play. Yeah, and I would say, um, you know, I was just thinking about this. Like one name that I'm, I'm not overly excited about uh, for this week is uh, Patriots tight end uh, Hunter Henry. You know, he's just missed so much time, uh, you know, with the injury. And even if he's mm-hmm. active, I just really see him see them using him as like a more like a run blocker, and then just opening things up more, you know, for Juno Smith, you know, to to prosper. And I know the Patriots want to use their tight ends a lot more, like in the red zone. But for Henry, it just may take him a couple of weeks to kind of get acclimated, you know, get over that injury for him to really prosper. So I'm just a lot higher on Smith at this point. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to stick in the same game and go to the other side of the field. And that's going to be Mike Gazeki mm-hmm. to the uh, mm-hmm. dismay of a lot Very of Dolphins point. fans out there. Like, I love Mike Gazeki for a season long. Mm-hmm. But we also know they've tried to really revamp this wide receiver room when you bring in uh, Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller, although Will Fuller will be out this week. For me, it comes down more to mm-hmm. more so the matchup of the New England Patriots. They were the fourth-ranked yeah. defense last year against tight ends, averaging 10.5 points per game. They also had the highest number of players opt out last year at eight, including Donta Hightower and Patrick Chung, who are both back this year. This game also is projected to have the second-lowest game total at only 44 points. Um, I like Gazeki, but if we're expecting this to be a little bit of a lower scoring game, possibly for the Dolphins, as much as I like to, and I think this team will be better this year, um, Gazeki is more towards that lower end, tight end one, higher end, tight end two. 
um, this week, but I think you might be able to find some better options. Yeah, no, really good points again because I actually had uh, Gaziki on my on my list as well. So uh, again, we we are uh, aligned, yeah. uh, mentally aligned here, which is uh, which is great. That's what makes the show phenomenal. So I think that'll do it, you know, for this episode of In the Mood for Fantasy Football. So for everyone out there, you know, please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, and of course, subscribe. For Tommy Garrett, I'm Eric Moody. Thanks for listening. And check out all the great fantasy football content over at Pro Football Network.